0: Hi, guys. Welcome back. Thanks for joining me on my new podcast. I have a special guest for us today. We're going to be speaking with the Instagram account, All R-H-O-N-J Facts. She was just um, listed in Reality Blurb for coming out with some exclusive tea. So we're excited to have her tonight. We have a lot of questions. We're going to be talking about New Jersey. But first, let me let her introduce herself and tell us a little bit about her accounts and where you can find her.
1: Hi, party people. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, this is all R-H-O-N-J facts. My Instagram is strictly and only J. I love dropping receipts and getting into the juiciest, hottest, latest tea from Jersey. And it's only Jersey, which I love because that seriously is the only show I watch on Bravo. I watch no other franchise. I know I'm crazy, but I love R-H-O-N-J and I'm obsessed. Obsessed? obsessed Um,
0: well you you do a great job of always being up to date with the tea and you posted a lot about the um baseball game that we saw this week with the housewives and of course we want to let you guys know everything in this video is alleged so make sure that you guys understand that we have a disclaimer and a banner running at the bottom so there should be no discussions but everything is alleged and tell us a little bit about the game that we saw we saw clips what was happening
1: Yes, I had somebody there exclusively reporting, grabbing tea for me, sending me messages throughout the night, and there was a lot that went down. I think the first thing that we should touch on, which is kind of ironic because I don't really see how Jackie Goldschneider is really relevant But she is making some headlines because apparently she's fighting with, first we saw her getting into it with Joe B. Then she was getting into it with like several other cast members and then Margaret. So it's been out there already that the reason they were arguing arguing was because she mentioned that Margaret said that she's the reason why Jackie got book deal which I personally wish—I know it took her some time to get comfortable—but I wish she would have got into that that very first season because that's when the book would have made a little more sense, you know. But um, like,
0: absolutely,
1: like why we're even talking about Jackie is beyond me. Like, I'm sorry, she was demoted, <laughs> and you know, there's nothing too really interesting there for you know, for many, for many, because I get a lot of comments. Like, why are we talking about Jackie? Who really cares if she's fighting with Margaret? Like both of those girls have no storyline. They're both boring. Like move on, you know? And I totally agree. I agree with them. I, I do think they're both really relevant. I mean, if Margaret's not out there digging for people, you know, to make that her storyline, there's really not much we know about Margaret Joseph's. But Jackie, like, you know, I always said from the get go, she would have like clapped back when the Evan stuff came out, I know Teresa is the one who said it at the party, but if Jackie would like took the moment to like clap back at Margaret, because even Margaret's own husband made it clear at Joe Gorga's poker party that night that he heard it, you know, from his house. So, mm-hmm. you
0: exactly. know, and I think I was, that
1: oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no I'm just saying, I wish these girls would like clap back already. It would make the show a lot more interesting, like, and give them a better storyline. You know, I think they would get, A lot of people on their side, if they were to just step to Margaret. But again, I think that they're scared of her. She has too much honor. There's too much to be exposed. So I think they, you know, don't clap back. And for some reason, they always take it out on Teresa.
0: I know. It seems like I don't, it it felt like at that point that Jackie was just showing blind loyalty to Margaret. And blind loyalty is not interesting, guys. Nobody wants to see blind loyalty. We don't want to see blind loyalty from... Fessler to Margaret the entire year. I mean, when they had Jen Fessler on Watch What Happens Live, like they cut the, the episode short because there was no content. You, like Because every answer was, oh, I'm not going to talk about Margaret and Margaret's my best friend and I'm not going to talk about her. It was boring. Nobody wanted Wait, to hear that.
1: Didn't they cut Margaret's Watch What Happens Live short too when she was on with Jackie? Remember that? Oh. Andy was like, well, I'm tired.
0: <laughs> yes! <laughs> and that's like not a great sign, guys. And Margaret I mean is- she even at when place. when the boss
1: <laughs> when the boss is bored you know there's you're not bringing too much honey
0: yeah that's not like a great sign when your boss is bored and Margaret looked so out of place like among all of the like youthful women you know that Teresa and the girls Danielle at the game like Margaret looked out of place she had on like blue leggings her shirt was like oversized she's lost so much weight I, I don't know if she looks better or worse I'm not even sure what I'm looking at it's confusing to me
1: Yeah, I just I don't understand why we're even talking about Jackie, but it did come out that the fight was over a damn book deal, which is like at this point, who really cares? Like, I really do. I don't buy into the whole story that they're fighting over a damn book deal. I really do think that they need a storyline, both of them, because they have nothing going. And they made this shit up. And they want to be talked about, which is working because we're talking But it's like, next. (laughs)
0: <laughs> exactly. I'm like, I don't want to see Jackie argue with Joe B because Joe B clearly said on camera that the Evan rumor was true and she was in such denial over it. I, I don't know. I think she really sealed her deal that season because she just couldn't handle it. She was upset, she was emotional, like it just wasn't it wasn't good for her. It wasn't a good look. No. She needs a publicist, she needs a stylist. If you want to be on national television, then you gotta get some professional people helping you. Okay. Like you need it, Sissy.
1: You need it. Well, not just that. I mean, it's just all of their storylines have fallen flat. Like everything they've ever accused anyone else of, it's like, come on. It's mm. boring. It's not interesting. I mean, yes, it was really shitty that Margaret brought out uh, the Aiden's 10-year-old affair. But I mean, Jennifer owned it like no other, clapped back, put her in her place, and it was like done. so, like, they couldn't try to drag her for it for denying it. And that's what I love about Jennifer. She's so damn honest. Like, you can't, you can't like pull in on her. Like, she'll, she'll stop you in your tracks. And that's exactly what she did. I think that season, Margaret really thought she was going to drag Jennifer for this when mm-hmm. it was a really horrible situation Jennifer went through. I mean, she looked how she said she didn't even tell her family. Like, she had to deal with this stuff, like, all on her own and then leave it to Margaret to bring it out on national television just because the bitch needed a storyline. Like, give me a break. Like, nobody was interested. And I'm so happy Jennifer stopped her in her tracks. But, Jackie like it's it's a it's a story that's already played out and done like there was nothing really interesting there I know she does have some fans and you know kudos to you guys but I just don't see I don't see why in season 14 when there's so many other hot topics that we could be discussing why we even care if Margaret said Jackie's book deal was thanks to her you know. Absolutely.
0: I mean, what are your thoughts about the Jennifer? I mean, how did Margaret find this information on Jennifer? Like, do you think she knew this was coming? Or she looked very caught off guard. I thought she did an amazing job handling it as well. But do you think the other ladies knew about this rumor and Jennifer knew they knew or did not know that they knew?
1: I don't think Jennifer knew that they knew, but remember Jackie at that last season when they were all in white when Louis brought Teresa the drink mm-hmm. um, at the end of the reunion? Remember how Jackie was telling Jennifer, I would, I, we know stuff about you, Jennifer. I would watch it. And Jackie did say in one of the after shows that they had known about the rumor for some time, thanks to Margaret. But I think the reason. Why Margaret brought it out is because she does what Margaret does it. She goes digging in trash cans. She'll go to like any which link to talk to anybody. I mean, Laura Jensen did tell us over and over again that she's up all night on her iPad. Even Joe Benigno would complain to Laura Jensen in the morning and say this one up all night talking to this person and that person. And she just doesn't sleep. She's just constantly digging, 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 because she knows that is her role on the show. To get in the mud, you know, to get dirty and then to fling it at people. Which is why I'm so glad, again, that Jennifer stopped her from the get-go. Like, she didn't let her, like, drag it into the next episode. And, you know, Jennifer, that's another reason why she's, like, loved by so many. She's so real. Mm-hmm. There's no, like, there's nothing to hide there. And she wasn't hiding that. That was just something in her life 10 years ago. I don't think she was going to come on the show and be like, guys, I have something I'm hiding. That's 10 years old. That absolutely no one knew, but me, you know? So I just think that like, even real quick, cause I brought up Laura Jensen, Laura did also tell us, I think she told us, um, she told us when she was talking in, in an interview with Kim D that Margaret made it clear to everybody that she was letting producers know That it was time for Jackie to exit the show because she was too weak for this. She couldn't handle that. Remember? Yes, I do. That she just didn't have what it, you know, she doesn't have what it takes. That she's too of a person that she needs to get off the show. So I think it's funny now that those two are working together to gather up a storyline to make themselves relevant.
0: And that's the best they could come up with was her book that no one even knew that she was writing and nobody is lining up to buy. Like, I sort of feel a little bit bad for Jackie. I, you know, kudos for at least trying. But again, there is like some sort of relevancy to even if she's talking about like her eating disorder and, and any of that, like, I think she's still very much dealing with her eating disorder after, you know after a long time so it's gonna be i think traumatic for her to read another book and talk about it and be out doing press i just don't see it being
1: yeah and she's she's really wishy-washy jackie too i wish she would just stand firm on like what her truth is, because for the longest time, when everyone found out she was demoted in season 13, she was out there telling the world that she wasn't. And then when we found out she was, and it was made known that she was just a friend of in season 13, she then started saying she needed the time because she was dealing with her eating disorder, which good for her, you know, you need to take a step back and take care of your health issues, go for it. But like, she was first telling us, Oh, no, I'm not demoted. Then she's like, Okay, yes, I am because I had to take time for me because I'm going through these issues. But then in several like recent interviews, she's discussing how it was a gut punch, like to the, like, it was so it was like a bomb was dropped on her. She said it like that. Like, I was in shock. Like, I couldn't believe it. It was like a punch to the ego. Like, I can't believe I got demoted. So it's like, what is it? You needed time? And you were glad they demoted you? Or are you like, your ego's bruised and you can't believe you got demoted. But at the same time you had your girlfriend over there, Margaret telling her bestie of 40 years and all the other girls on the cast that you weren't like cut out for this show, that you're too weak telling producers that it's your time to go. And then bam, they demoted you and you're still over here sticking, you know, sticking to her side. Why I strongly believe, like, I really do believe that five book deal is like made up two days prior to the baseball game margaret liked jackie's post about her book if you go on her instagram there's a picture of her standing outside i think of the publisher's office in new york and she has a caption talking about her book margaret liked that post that oh. was two days prior to the baseball game
0: oh my gosh They
1: like, yeah. it's, to play us. It's, it's phony yes yeah, like come on we're not that stupid you guys find a better storyline oh my yeah. gosh <laughs> This is the shit they're coming up with because they can't use the clapback queen and they can't use the queen of Jersey for clout, you know? This is uh, the shit they throw at us. And then um, that, I- that and then the body shots that we saw at Joe Vargas' party. Come on.
0: That was really terrible. I mean, that was just like—I mean, I can't even. Like Joe had those pink pants on. I felt like you could see what was going on. Like he, you know, Lexi was on her knees in a dress on one side, Margaret on the other. Lexi he was, was crying. It
1: was cringe.
0: Oh, it was bad. It was very bad,
1: very bad. And I found it ironic that she was taking shots. Miss, I don't drink. Everybody, please buy my water. I know I
0: couldn't believe I thought is she really drinking or are they playing us again like did she eat a couple of gummies and she's gonna pretend like she's drunk but really she's stoned?
1: <laughs> yeah. uh, who knows right who knows what right. these girls I just think it's funny like they're trying to pull all this stuff out of, the, out of their hats like trying to get something going because again they can't use Teresa and Jennifer for a storyline
0: um, talking about Margaret and the storehouse. How do you think that Teresa's handling everything? I mean, everyone wants to know. like, how is filming going with Teresa? Like, how is she handling this? Is she, you know, being strong? Well, okay.
1: You know, I keep seeing a lot of people, mainly the haters, and they're, you know, they have a right to their opinion as we have a right to ours. And the one thing that you won't see is us on their side, like talking shit to them about talking shit about Teresa, mainly because they're pushing the storyline right now that she's irrelevant that they're icing her out, that nobody wants to film with her, that she's got nothing going on, she's not at any of these events, blah, 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 blah. It's like, please, if we go back and watch every single season, whether she was included in scenes or not, because there was a a season where she was, like, on an island by herself. Remember when Kathy, Melissa, Jackie, Jacqueline, um, Caroline, like, everybody was icing her out. They were all, like, against her. Remember the green dress, Yes, that reunion where she was on fire. Like There has been many seasons where Teresa has not been included, but then if you watch the season over, her scenes were so iconic. So like, they really pull you in because they're so authentic. Like she's got enough with her girls and her family that when we get to watch the season, she doesn't need the other cast to give us a good show. The matter of fact, I would say Jennifer and Teresa's scenes solo are far better than the scenes with all the girls together. They give us more, like, it's it's real. It's scenes that we relate to, and that's where some of the most iconic, you know, scenes come, come from. They originate with Teresa when she's on her own. So I'm not worried for her at all. I just think it's a narrative the haters are pushing, that she's being iced out and nobody wants to film with her. It's like, you know what, she, she's that powerful. She doesn't need anybody, which I know it's not true because – She has Dolores. She has Jennifer. She's been really good with Jen Fessler. Like she's not being iced out. It's just a narrative we're seeing play out on social media because there's a lot of haters, unfortunately. Um, I think she's.
0: of sources and the baseball game I heard some tea I know that we saw Joe Gorga and Bill Aiden like kicking it looked like smiles rainbows and butterflies but I heard that it was not rainbows and butterflies and that they were actually arguing but smiling while they were arguing to like save face for the crowd
1: oh yeah I totally believe that I heard that too and I you know what Bill Aiden is a class act he is definitely no joe gorga he is not going to go out there and get all wild and crazy especially at a baseball charity game i do believe that you know that whole narrative we saw them push that night that oh look bill is good with joe i don't think so i don't think so i just think he handled himself you know classy he didn't like you know bite joe gorga's head off but i totally believe that it wasn't you know all peaches and cream between them two
0: I completely agree with you. I think that we have to remember Bill Aiden is a doctor. He owns a practice where people come and put their lives in his hand. Like, he's not going to go around acting foolish. Like, he is a stand-up guy. He's a doctor. He's very educated, well-spoken, and he runs his own business that's not being sued you know for unpaid material and such so we have to give him some credit and I definitely think that Joe Gorga was saving space also I wanted to have space there's a video that came out um, that was when Melissa and Joe first arrived and if you look at it there's like producers in all black t-shirts and jeans and tennis shoes and they're like pushing the crowd towards Joe to like take photos and and greet him and make it look like the crowd is just bombarding him because they're so happy to see him at the game did you see i
1: saw that yes i saw that you could even see and it was the producers moving one of the gates to let people through and i just think again shady that they keep trying to push this narrative that the gorgas are so popular and are really wanted in regards to the show and i think it's really only the producers i know we're all definitely exhausted and over the family drama because it's so dark and disgusting i mean if if we have had a decade of non-stop between the gorgas and the judices like can you imagine like the people who are showing up to these baseball charity games like or any events where the the Gorgas show up you really think that like 90% of the crowd is going to be rushing them like goo goo gaga over them I don't think so and I love that that clip that video came out showing the producers like ushering people to get close to them to make it look like they were like Hollywood actors like on the red carpet and everybody wanted that picture you know it's so phony 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 phony
0: it was very phony. Also, another thing I wanted to touch base on, there were actually people in the crowd wearing MV t-shirts. There was like two girls wearing MV t-shirts and then two very, very young girls wearing like belly shirts with Joe Gorga's face on them. And it clearly looked like they were planted there. Like the Envy shirts looked like maybe they were somebody that worked with Melissa or worked at Envy that came to the game. It did not look authentic.
1: No, it was definitely planted because there was a couple of pictures that we saw on Twitter. It was hilarious. So for some reason, the Gorga fans were all clustered in one area of the entire baseball stadium that how how is that a coincidence exactly. <laughs> you know what i mean like that that was no, that was not by accident you guys and i love that people were pointing it out because it's true it's true like how is it that all the gorga fans were in one section come on come on <laughs>
0: hilarious it's hilarious it's like literally laughable and they just like eat it up like it's the best thing let's also touch base on um i talked about the fact that melissa came out with a fashion show that she's having she's charging 325 dollars before taxes and fees for a meet and greet and she's also claiming that she sold out in 12 hours what are you hearing about this
1: Okay, first of all, I really don't believe people are like lining up to buy tickets to meet Melissa Gorka at $325 a pop. Okay, I don't buy that. And the fact that she supposedly sold out 24 hours is just comedy. First of all, she's doing that event through Eventbrite, which is the same company that Namaste Bitches Live is doing their event through. And if you go on the Envy Fashion Show ticket website, which is through Eventbrite, and you click to purchase tickets. It's not giving you an option to where you can sit. It's not even giving you a, like a chart to show you what is available. It's not, it's not giving you numbers to see what's left. So there's no way for us to verify if VIP section is sold out, like every other event out there when you purchase tickets. So, I mean, even if you buy like a so-called general admission ticket, which is like $125 just to walk, to go, Okay. First of all, who's going to pay $125 to go sit and watch a so-called fashion show where the models are sporting sheen and Amazon clothing? That's just bonkers. But when you go to buy just those general admission tickets, it's not even showing you a seating chart or telling you how many are available. So the fact that it's being concealed, like the, the seating chart, the number of tickets already sold and things like that, like, it's I just think it's another one of their little schemes. You know, she really did want to push the narrative that she sold out her VIP, which is highly unlikely. I completely agree with you.
0: After I posted the video with a $325 tickets, I felt like she followed up first thing in the morning and was like, oh, my God, we sold out. And I'm like, oh, my God,
1: you're lying.
0: <laughs> like, no way did you sell out. But OK, everyone, happy Wednesday. Like we're in Melissa's world today. I don't know. Um. I also wanted to mention that the Namaste of Bitches is having a live performance on October 5th. So it looks like Melissa Feaster and Teresa are going to be there live. And guys, for $99, you can get a meet and greet with Teresa, which is still cheaper than it is just to walk into Melissa's fashion show at $125 a pop. So just something to leave you guys with
1: uh, yes yeah, and well. I just love the fact that there's bloggers out there putting out the comparison current clothes being sold at Envy right now for like $300 you can buy it for $12.99 or $40 there was even a dress that I saw that was $380 at Envy somebody posted it from Sheen you can buy it for $25 like who's gonna pay to go see like price gouging <laughs> I mean, I understand. I don't. I don't want to see. Well, I mean, no. Like, I'm not knocking Amazon. She like shop where you want. I'd rather buy something, you know, at a lesser value than overpaying at a fucking boutique. But save your money. Um, but I, I'm not going to want to sit there and watch a fashion show where I know the owner is price gouging, and she's showing off the latest line at Amazon. You know, like it makes no sense.
0: I'm so glad to see other people exposing them because that's what originally le- led to my confrontation with Melissa was posting about there were two outfits that were specific to um, like she had marked it up by like $200 like the outfit was literally $25 on Amazon and she had marked it up Well, be marked it up $200 and that's why she sent my original cease and desist way back in March. So, this has been going on for a very long time. This is, they just, no one's ever exposed them for it.
1: Yeah. And you know what? They're, they kind of did themselves dirty by coming for you the way they did. And what they did to you was horrific. I love that several like Bravo bloggers talked about what they did to you, how they doxed you, how they had their people, her family members coming for you. I love that all their nastiness was exposed as they were coming for you. But I think the most beautiful thing that came out of this horrific situation was that we were exposed to the fact on paper and by names that Envy is not solely owned by Melissa Gorga. She likes to put it out there that she's this big old businesswoman and she's running this fucking empire. When in reality, it's the same situation as when she was with Jackie. Melissa is just the face of Envy. Jackie owned all the clothes. She was the one behind it all. And it was her partner. But the thing now with Envy is there's several, several business partners. It's not just one person behind Melissa. So I think it's funny that she acts like she's raking in the dough. When we know after the other owners get their cut, Melissa um, is walking away with crumbs.
0: Crumbs, for yeah. sure. I would agree with you, even though she's claiming on her podcast that they're bringing in seven figures guys, a boutique is, I mean that it would be crazy for them to be bringing in seven figures. Don't you think for the size? Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know who we need to interview on that? Kim D because she knows the ins and outs. She knows what, you know, money can be made. And I really doubt that Melissa Gorga is selling the way she's claiming to sell. Remember when Andy Cohen released his book and he was there in Jersey signing at a local bookstore and Melissa's store was like right around the corner. And that same day that Andy was going to be signing books, she mentioned to everybody on her stories, come visit me at envy, you know, come in for a picture. And there was a sweet guy who was there like all afternoon waiting for her. And he kept going live on Instagram. He kept posting his lives and his stories He was walking around Envy and there was literally one other person other than him there. And he went outside as Melissa pulled up in her SUV and he walked around the SUV and as she stepped out of her car, he's like, I've been waiting forever. Oh my God. He was so happy to see her. And she was like, hi. And then she was taking pictures with him. But I mean, that man alone proved to us that even on the day she said, guys, I will be there. Come and meet me. He was there for like two hours. No one was there. Oh.
0: That
1: it is, is like empty. heartbreaking. It was empty. Yeah, it's crazy. <sighs> I. Think it's one Lindsay, one story after another. When it comes to Melissa and Joe, it's embarrassing at this point. Everything is a fraud. Everything is so fake, mm. so fake. Nothing is real. Nothing is authentic. I, I honestly like feel whatever they say, believe the opposite. <laughs>
0: I mean, there was a new blind item release that's allegedly Melissa and Joe Gorga, and it basically stated that as the kids are headed back to school, this East Coast housewife, husband, and wife are going to be headed to court because they owe a lot of money for materials for their home that they did not pay for, allegedly. So I guess we're going to be seeing some more um, things filed within the court about supplies and things that were unpaid as it pertains to their mansion.
1: Um, I mean, we already know there's that $110,000 lawsuit currently active on the courts. They're being sued as we, if back in season five, we can talk about tabloids that involved Teresa and everybody fucking passed around that magazine, like if it was news <laughs> of the day, we better hear about the Gorga's lawsuits in season 14. It's out there. It's out there. And you know, what's funny, page six won't talk about it. Bravo and Cocktails won't talk about it. But if it was Therese's lawsuit, it would be all over the damn place. All over the place. It's crazy. It's I mean, I really hope we see some of their lawsuits on the show, you know?
0: I do, too. I've always let that- Let's
1: talk about their reality for once.
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't think that Melissa really knows her reality. Like, I'm not trying to be hateful when I say that. But I do think that she's, like, confused it. She's talked about it in her interview with MJ from Shaws Sunset. That, like, it's confusing to be, like, the character on the show and then real life and it doesn't match. And I just think she's literally convinced herself that her life is different than it is because she believes it almost.
1: Oh, yeah. She's she's to that point of delusion where she's seriously believing her own bullshit.
0: Yeah. Sorry to hear that. Um, Also wanted to know if you had heard anything about Polly and Dolores and how things are going um, with Polly filming. Do we know anything there?
1: Well, there was that incident between Polly and John Fuda at Jen Fessler's party. And I've heard it discussed elsewhere. And I was discussing this with the... um, Andy from the real Andy of Beverly Hills. Oh, yeah. I was just on his okay. podcast. He's so sweet. Yes. Um, so he was mentioning that at that party, John Fuda was getting a little heated that he had been drinking. And there was a lot of reports that came out the night of the party. If you saw it on the timeline over on Twitter and on Instagram, two people were talking about it, that there was an incident between Polly and John Fuda. But the reality of that is there was no incident. It's not like Polly was fighting With John Fuda, it was more like Polly was trying to talk some sense into somebody who's just hard-headed and didn't want to hear it. So I think at some point, Polly just kind of walked away, and then they ended up leaving shortly after.
0: Oh, wow. Wow. Um, I had heard that too, but I didn't know the details. That sounds, that sounds about right. I think Polly seems like a really level-headed man. Like he's not going to go making an ass out of himself on national television yet.
1: He's another one. He is no Joe Gorga.
0: (laughs) And it looks like him and Louie have really like developed a friendship. We're seeing pictures of them online, hanging out.
1: Yes. Yes. They're, they're pretty close. And you know what? I think that those men on the show, the ones that are like down to earth, real authentic, are the ones who gravitate towards one another, you know? Like yeah. the ones who are for show. Like I've I've been saying it for some time. What I'm hearing from sources and from behind the scenes of season 14, I do think that this season the Fudas are gonna be the new Gorgas, especially John Fuda. Like, you know, especially that first group event, Jen Fessler's party, he was being so extra. Ugh. He was—he was really behaving like Joe Gorga.
0: Ugh. Um, what do people comment about John Fuda? Because there was a lot that came out about his um son's, you know, mother Brittany, and she had released some messages. Can you tell us a little bit about what went down or what you know about that?
1: Yeah, again, a lot of people in the comments were talking about how he's a lot like Joe Gorga. He was over here projecting all this bullshit onto Louie. And meanwhile, he has all this these horrible, dark things in his past, like I'm even shook that he's on a reality show with his past. And you know, I'm a champion for those, like I'm, I'm rooting for the person who has changed their life, who re- rehabilitated their life, you know, who is no longer the drug dealer or who's no longer the drug addict, like good for you, more power to you. But for someone to come on national television and accuse somebody, which he accused Louie of reaching out to Brittany. To to sit here and say all these horrible things about Louie, who's just been dragged to the damn gutter for two years. And here was John Fuda continuing that horrible, like, Margaret pattern. When he has all this shit in his past, people are just like, dude, you're, in a, you're living in a glass house. Stop. So I love that people were able to see that. And yes, even though he's no longer a drug dealer that I know of, and he's no longer using drugs, Like, who is he now to start throwing all this mud around towards another person? Like, especially when there's people out there who can talk about you. And where he, I think, got into Muddy Waters was talking about Britney. And I know Rachel did most of the talking in regards to Britney, because she did mention, like, what kind of a mother doesn't have her kid in life? Like, when Rachel got involved, when Rachel, and this is according to Britney, when Rachel got involved with John Fuda. Their son was being raised by John Fuda's mother. So, after John Fuda took custody of Brittany and John Fuda's son, he didn't take custody and then move the son in with him and raise him. The son went to go live with the mother and was raised by a nanny. Brittany, four years after they took custody away from her, was able to visit her son at John Fuda's mother's house while John Fuda was dating Rachel. Oh. And so why a lot of people are saying Rachel used adoption as a, her storyline in season 13 is because it's obvious as fuck. Okay. The kid is two years away from being 18. She met John Fudith over six years ago. What took her so long to adopt him? I,
0: I don't know. It's like, that does sound a little, um, like bogus to me. And it also sounds like if you guys are brand new on the show, like you shouldn't be struggling for a storyline already. Like, why are we hearing this right now? I'm on yeah. table.
1: I think it's funny that they're pissed off that Britney even opened her mouth because if they have a right to bash her on TV, she has a right to tell us her side. We need to hear her truth. And the thing about Britney is they want to cast her off as some drug addict, like someone who's just in prison, a low life. Like, you know, he has said some stuff. And I hope this shit, because it's been recorded in season 14. He has said some shit about her. It's like, okay when are you going to stop talking about somebody who's not on the show? And when are you going to stop being upset when she actually speaks up? And you know, what was the best thing to, to come out of my, my conversation with Brittany, that we were able to get that receipt from the executive reporter at the sun. When Brittany was curious, she didn't even know why the lady reached out to her. And when she asked her, she made it very clear how she found Brittany, why she was looking for Brittany and that Louie had nothing to do with it. So if we see the food trying to push the narrative that, again, Louis brought out my baby's mama. He found, you know, he had Bodito go looking for her, blah, blah, blah. We retraced it back to Louis, which was a complete lie. He's going to look like a fool because we have the receipt that that is not the case.
0: Yeah. I mean, I deal with women who are, you know, recovering from mental health and addiction and they're like in, you know, family court. And it's usually a situation where you have two parents that are both on drugs, right? And John Buddha's parents have a little bit of money, so they get him paid representation while Brittany gets a public defender. And John's mom takes custody because she has the most money and she lets John come and go as he pleases, even when he's using drugs. And Brittany is restricted until she gets her life together, right? And they put... on the mother without looking at John's part in any of it like it's insane
1: yeah it's crazy I just they're hypocrites they're hypocrites like yes even if you're no longer that person don't sit here and bash a person who's trying to re- rehabilitate her life when you were able to do it without criticism like don't go on national television and drag somebody through the mud and then get pissed off that she's talking and again they're trying to pin her off as like this low life junkie who doesn't know what she's talking about, everything she told me, I went looking for it. From the street where John Bruno, his attorney at the time, who got him off all those charges, from the street where the guy was working off of like everything he's still at, he's still at that location, the lawyer. like she knew everything she knew court dates. I know we weren't able to get into the details because he had his record expunged and he paid a boatload of money for that, which you can do. Um, oh, yeah. So the details were not there. But the dates, like she knew everything. She remembered everything from their time in Florida together when they came back to Jersey. She mentioned how he was the biggest drug dealer in Bergen County. Anyone strung out at that time knew who he was, how he intimidated people. She talked about everything in detail. She had names, she had dates, she had addresses. Like she remembered everything. So I think that they're petrified for her to open her mouth further. And as we speak right now, she is released from her halfway house. Good for her, and I hope she surfaces with a really like big news, you know, agency. Maybe TMZ. <laughs> Somebody yeah. you know, like, give us the interview. Like I yes. can out there. Like she has a story, and it's very captivating. And they cannot even get mad because they're the ones who brought her into this conversation.
0: Absolutely. And they took advantage of the fact that she was incarcerated and didn't think that she was going to come out and say anything because they pretty much kicked her while she was down. And they're basically telling everyone, don't listen to this woman because she's been on drugs and she doesn't even have custody of her son. So why would you listen to somebody who doesn't have custody of their child? So it's like, if every if the audience writes off what this woman has to say, then may, you might as well just like write off every dr- you know, person in recovery that you know, because that's basically basically what she you know she's living a different life she's been sober now for a while like she understands her consequences and she's speaking about her experience and she has every right to do so
1: yeah and you know what I think if Joe Gorga wants to sit there at the reunion and say that Louie is abusing women and all this like bullshit that he's just pulling out of thin air based off of like gossip that he's heard. How about we speak of facts? Because Britney herself told me that John Fuda was reaching out to her halfway house, silencing her, intimidating her to Ugh. shut her up because he didn't want her to talk. He actively was silencing her. So if we want to say anyone on that cast is abusing women and taking advantage, it's John Fuda to this day silencing her so he may not be a drug addict anymore and he may not be a drug dealer but he is garbage because he is actively silencing the mother of his child for speak she, all she wants to do is tell the truth all she wants to tell the truth and he is sitting there intimidating her so now that she's out i hope she you know gets everything in line together even a lawyer and she tells her story
0: do you think that Rachel knows the length of his, um, like, his
1: dealings? Do you think that he knows, he knows about... That's a 50-50 he... because, you know, they are married. And we I, I tell my spouse everything. I mean, I'm not telling my spouse when I was 14. I was doing this, this, and that. But, you know, I'm sure maybe she knows, like, to an extent. I don't know if she knows it all. But I'm sure some stuff is, like, new to her. Mm. And, I mean, the fact that he was actively like during like the month of june reaching out to her halfway house to shut her up because she was talking that alone like as a wife i'd be like whoa like who am i dealing with here
0: <laughs> did rachel and Brittany know each other ever until he started no. dating rachel
1: they didn't know each other okay Crazy. no they didn't know each other
0: crazy i wonder what is the story rachel and john they tell people that she was a bartender and that's how they met each other and started dating That he started coming into the bar to meet her <laughs> that's well, their love story they're sticking to it so that's
1: <laughs> who knows but well, one thing i do know about uh bravo lover one two three four is that just recently there was another finsta that popped up and she was using a picture of like a little girl it was really weird. It was separate from the Bravo Lover 1234 Instagram. There was another one. Because if you go on Frank Catania's uh, girlfriend, Brittany, mm-hmm. Brittany and Rachel were friends for years, long before she met John Fuda. And she was tagging her. Remember when uh, Frank was training them and they were doing mm-hmm. like the body thing? There's posts that Brittany still has up where she was tagging Rachel's Instagram back then. And it's still active. But there's a picture of a little girl and it's not rachel um and there's like comments and things like that so it's like how many how many finstas did bravo lover really have and is she still on that you know incognito creeping on people i mean i
0: figure that probably when they're like rallying the truth she's probably like activating these accounts i would assume because like look at how many accounts we see with you know messy over there like she's
1: running oh my god God the lord i just had somebody the other day send me and i didn't want to put it out there because i only want to talk about them if if it's like and it was a receipt too so i could have stuck it out there it was crazy so if you go on the gorga's instagrams and you take a look at some of their likes on some of their posts they have thousands and thousands of likes. If you start going through the people, and somebody literally took the time to go through the people who are liking these posts that had like 60,000 likes, 100,000 likes. Every other account did not have a picture. And it was like so and so name number one, two, three, four, five. Like no posts, no like. Like, like there was no activity, but pretty much these bots liking the Gorgas pages. It's like, oh my God. You got, again, everything when it comes to them is it's fake. Yeah.
0: Um, Just just so listeners understand basically what these bots are, what they're buying. So they go and they buy like 50,000 likes for their Instagram posts. And these bots are like fake accounts. So they don't have profile names. They'll have generic usernames like user one, two, three, four, five, six. Those are bots. They're not real people. They are paid for, you know, likes or comments from companies.
1: Yeah, yeah. They and you know what they have a long history. I mean, her followers alone. How many receipts have been put out there? Go through her followers. Every other account is there's no profile picture and there's no posts. There's no followers. They're following like a weird like Bitcoin company in like India. It's weird. <laughs> That's in, in, weird. Yeah, it's, it's crazy.
0: That is it's so crazy. crazy.
1: It's so um, big, it, just, it just shows you the level of thirst on their on their part, like anything to try to seem popular, relevant and liked and wanted again, like with these producers ushering the crowds to like swarm them to make it look like they have fans.
0: Yeah. And we even saw, I think, a DM come through to someone talking about how, like, the producer was going back and forth and whispering to some of the cast and making them, like, confront each other. Do you know anything about, have your sources told you anything about Jennifer and Yeah, Melissa there were,
1: a yeah so there was a lot of people talking, and I, there are several sources that have told me that Melissa did approach Jennifer, and she wanted to talk with her. So... I also hear that it's happened. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. So we'll have to wait and see if that sit down did go down. And Melissa definitely approached Jennifer to to discuss. And I think the number one thing that needs to be discussed when it comes to them is Bravo. BravoCon. Yep. BravoCon. There is a lot there. I mean, I'm going to be shook if the Gorgas are going to act this season as to like, like, if they're going to play dumb be like, Oh, why are you mad? I don't understand. Like, They know, they know, even, even their little PR boy, he knows too. He was in the mix. He was involved. He was talking shit to Jennifer. Like what low class people are going to sit here and attack her. And then their PR also join in, you know, disgusting. Embarrassing, embarrassing. Very embarrassing for
0: them. And also I think that, again, Melissa and Joe are gonna do what they do best and Melissa's gonna go for Jennifer and Joe's gonna go for Bill because Melissa basically buffers all of Joe's chauvinistic um, ways, you know, and she'll apologize probably to Jennifer, but she'll still buffer between Jennifer and Joe, I assume.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think they're going to have their sit down and I'm sure BravoCon will be discussed. And I really hope Jennifer makes her work for that because there's a lot that they have to answer for. I mean, it wasn't just BravoCon. It was a series of disgusting interviews after BravoCon where they continued to bash Jennifer. And especially, remember after the BravoCon incident that Jennifer's assistant put out that TikTok explaining how everything went down because we were being fed that it was Jennifer throwing a drink. She was being like hysteric. Like she was out of control. workers were trying to look like they were the victims. And thank God that Jennifer's assistants were, she, that she was able to record it and put that TikTok out because it explained the whole story. And we yes. got the truth.
0: And yes. even
1: after that, we had Joe Gorga on a podcast. It was on YouTube with Frank. He was, was like, Don't believe what you guys see. That's not even how it went down. They sat there and continued to say that Jennifer was on like this social media tour, pushing lies, hiring bots to defend her. When it's like, you guys, we saw you on camera. You guys were instigating. Melissa was the first one to talk shit. Then your fucking PR jumped in. Like, don't try to spin this and play victim. Like, don't gaslight us. We're not stupid. Tell us all you want that don't believe what you saw on that video. But we're not stupid. Like, so, you know, if that sit down took place, I hope that Jennifer really, like, drills her. Because, again, the Gorgas have had years, years of practice. Like, they have played victim for years. So I'm sure she probably went into that sit down and was like, oh, I don't understand why you're so upset. <laughs> Typical um,
0: I want to also bring up the fact I was actually just going to post about this. And I had talked to you the other day about Justin, the hairdresser to the stars and how when BravoCon happened, he actually accompanied Teddy Mellencamp to BravoCon and Tamara Judd, and he was sitting in as co-host because Tamara actually worked BravoCon. Teddy did not. She was just there for the podcast. Anyway, <laughs> Justin is hairdresser to the stars. He gets in an elevator with Melissa. He's a fan. She snubs him. He literally says she snubs me. She treats me like she's JLo, and I am like nothing. Scum of the earth, right? She says it on the 2Ds in a Pod podcast. Literally, the next week, he is going on Melissa's podcast. Melissa really Reached out to his team. She went in on his live video. They talked privately. And then he went on her podcast. But, like, they are so so strategic that they cut that out of the two tees in a pod podcast back from their october episode and then they also cut it out of melissa's on display podcast from back in october there's a small clip at the beginning where her and justin are talking about an incident but they don't um relate to it anymore they don't talk about it in the actual episode so they cover this stuff up all of the time and if you didn't follow that live you would never know that that happened
1: Yes. Oh, my gosh. I remember that because it didn't make sense that they were discussing something. And we were like, what the hell were they discussing? And then it did come out that they were discussing. She was completely disrespectful to him when she saw him in the elevator. She shunned him like she was typical Melissa. And this isn't the first incident that we heard that they're rude to fans. We just saw there were several people. Reporting it. People were DMing large accounts saying, hey, I saw them. They were disrespectful. They were rude. Remember at BravoCon, all that hoopla about how all that noise that people waited hours to see them. Um, There was fans there wanting to take pictures with them. And they just walked away like they were only there for like three minutes. And then they tried to turn around and say, Oh, whoever we, you know, was in charge of us telling us to go here and there, they didn't know what they were doing. And they were telling us to go here and everywhere. And we were confused. So sorry, fans, we didn't get to take pictures with you for those who are waiting in line. But that's not the first time we hear that they're disrespectful and rude to the fans. And they were like that at the baseball game, too. I think all about the TRH, Roxanne talked about it as well.
0: (sighs) That's really sad, guys, because, you know, you have to remember, there would be no Melissa Gorga or, like, without fans, without viewers, so you have to be good to the people. We know that Teresa always is humble, gracious. We've never heard a bad thing about Teresa, and she does she used to do a lot of meet and greets with her books when they would come out, book signings in New Jersey, like, she was out and about in the community meeting people.
1: Yeah, and you still hear it to this day, like, Frank was just on a podcast, a couple of weeks ago, and he was like, I'll say one thing about Teresa, whenever we do go out, the fans swarm around her. She, she People just gravitate to her and she takes her time with people.
0: Oh, I love that. I love that.
1: Um, oh, before thought, we- I, just posted, I just posted it too. somebody on Twitter. This really sweet girl was talking about how she was seated at the baseball game at the very end of the stadium where no one else was around her. And she literally watched Teresa make her way from one end to the other. And she came all the way to where there was no one but her and her mom or her and her sister. And um, she took pictures with them. I posted it. It's on. It's on. It's one of my latest posts on my Instagram.
0: Oh my gosh, guys, definitely go check that out. I haven't seen it yet, so I'm going to check that out on all R-H-O-N-J facts. That is so sweet. I feel like Teresa is really a genuine, even Carlos King said, Teresa forgets she's famous. Like, she doesn't travel with security. She's in the mall shopping on Sundays. Like, she is down to earth. She's very humble, very, very humble. And we know we get the opposite from the other one.
1: So And luckily people love her so much. I mean, she's always on track. Teresa just constantly has fans season after season. I know that she does get hate on social media. All of them do and I'm really like it boggles my mind that she gets hate because she is the most authentic one on that cast but I do know like the humble never stumble baby (laughs) and she has been consistent with her fans and tree huggers are loyal as fuck like I'm a tree hugger. I am not afraid to say that and I mean, it's for a reason. We relate to real. Seriously. And that's why her fans are so loyal to her. Absolutely. And
0: they're (laughs) loyal to other tree fad fans. Like, if you have a problem on Instagram, you can go to Twitter and not even know these people. But if they're tree huggers, like, they're going to come to your defense and help you. (laughs) Seriously. It's insane. Like, there's a lot of camaraderie among um, the Bravo community, like, tree huggers on, like, social media.
1: Oh, 1,000%.
0: So, well, before we wrap this up, I'm so glad that you were able to come on, guys. Make sure that you check her out on Instagram, all R-H-O-N-J facts. Do you have any last thoughts before we close up?
1: Yeah, so I think at this point, production, because I really don't think Joe Gorgo approached Bill Aiden at the baseball game all on his own. I definitely do think production is now, we've had several group events. We've had several, like, solo scenes out to lunch, you know, here and there, these girls and the other girls, like, Plenty has, you know, happened since day one of season 14. So I think production is at the point, based off of what I'm hearing, where now they're going to start getting into like the deeper stuff. So I think, and I don't think they want dark drama this season. So I think they're going for little minor things. Um, but I do think now production is ready to tell certain cast members guys, it's time to meet up with the other side. It's time to have the sit down. It's time to start talking. So that's why I do believe Joe Gorga approached Bill Aiden. And that's why Melissa approached Jennifer. And as they start having their one-on-ones dis- discussions, I do believe production is going to go to the Gorga's once more and say, it's time to reach out to Teresa. But I do believe based off of everything that I am seeing, based off the fact that she is literally paying the Gorga's desk, the moment that they approach Teresa, like, "Hey, it's time for a sit down," I think she's gonna, you know, stick to stick to her to her truth in in the fact that she is really done. She let it all out of the reunion. There's nothing left to say. They're not going to agree on anything. Yes, they've both like hurt each other. I think the Gorgas have hurt her far more than she ever hurt them. But there's nothing left to say. So I hope that when they do approach Teresa, because it's coming, guys, that. She's just like, "Um, I'm good.
0: Do you think that it will be strictly just Joe and Melissa and Teresa? Will it be Louie and Teresa? Will it be all four of them? Will it be just because I know a lot of people would love to see just Joe and Teresa. Just Joe and Teresa. I don't
1: think think it's going to be Melissa approaching Teresa because I think Melissa has too much pride. I think it's going to be Joe Gorga approaching Teresa. And I think maybe it'll be a one on one. That would be awesome. I would like to see that. But you know what? I want to see the Kathy energy. Remember Teresa went in there? And Yeah, I was a little emotional at the end. She cried. But it was like she was closing a chapter. So I hope she gives us the same energy. Like, you know, we're not going to agree. It is what it is. Like. Peace be with you. Bye. Like, I don't, I'm not, I'm not even invested anymore. And, and based off of like her behavior that I'm witnessing, she's, she's checked out. She's done. She is really done. I think she let it all out at the reunion. She got it out of her system. They really hurt her that by not going to her wedding. Not only did they not go to her wedding, they made like the, the weeks leading up to her wedding, a fucking nightmare. Ugh. Like it was just one thing after another. They called her daughter, a liar on national television. Even after Gia called in and talked to Andy, they were still calling her a liar. I mean, I, I, I I think there is just too much damage. I think it's beyond repair. And I think like to protect her peace, that's it. She's done. Yeah.
0: And she looks so happy. She's in Switzerland right now with Lily. Yes, She looks yes. amazing. Like they're traveling, their smiles. Like they are rainbows and butterflies. And I feel like the gorgas are like sweating. They're probably fighting. They probably hate each other behind closed doors. Yeah. Who knows what's and going they on have, behind closed doors?
1: They have not just one, but several lawsuits in court right now. And one is a huge one. So you know that's weighing over them.
0: Oh, for sure. That's a lot of stress. Absolutely. And I'm sure that that does not make Melissa happy at all. I'm sure that she, I can only imagine. They probably go at it. Can you imagine like cats and dogs?
1: (laughs) Yeah. And you know what? I really, and I really do believe like, Teresa is not a social butterfly, like on social media. Like she's not a Melissa Gorka watching everything and stalking everybody. But, and then, you know, I say that because recently there was some drama going on, with one podcaster and another and my girl Roxanne was being attacked. But anyway, who did we see comment about karma is a bitch literally within like a minute of that post being dropped? Melissa Gorga. How did she respond so fast on a new post? You know, that's what I mean. Like Teresa's not Teresa's not out there stalking social media, talking shit like Melissa, like Melissa literally lives on social media and According to Laura Jensen, and I totally believe it, so does Margaret. She's up all damn night on that iPad. She doesn't sleep, and she's just doing, digging, talking to people, stalking accounts. Like, it's it's ridiculous. So, Teresa is just outliving her life. She is not worried about what's going on on social media, but I do hope that she is seeing, and I'm sure people are taking it to her, Melissa's family is still coming for her, still coming for her daughters, and Teresa hasn't even paid them dust. Oh, I saw that. I saw Donna Mom. Marcos
0: claiming she got hacked after she tweeted all this yeah. terrible stuff.
1: No, that another liar. Sorry, but she's a liar.
0: I mean, like, insane that after 10 years, they're still coming after this woman on Twitter. Like, imagine, you know, we know what it's like when we get backlash from them online, but imagine what Teresa's endured for 10 years because they are a media machine. They are well, a media machine.
1: They are, and I wouldn't even believe Joe Gorga if he approached Teresa tomorrow and said, "Listen, I want to make peace. I love you, blah blah blah." Because even after the reunion where he called Gia a liar, there they were on their podcast. Remember when Melissa recently said on a podcast after the reunion where she was like, "Oh, like some people getting all dolled up doing confessionals, referring to Gia talking shit again and still." That's so terrible. I wouldn't believe, I wouldn't believe anything that Gorgas had to say. I mean, the best thing for Teresa would be like, okay, like literally like plug her ears as he talks and be like, are you done? Thank you. Bye. Yeah,
0: for sure. I would I don't think she should like listen to him because I feel like he pulls on her heartstrings. He knows where to tug. And unfortunately he's been manipulating her for a long time.
1: Yeah, yeah, so.
0: yeah. Okay, well, thank you so much for coming on. I'm so excited. I think we got so much tea from you. Um, I'm going to post all of your links in the information so that you guys can go visit her page on Instagram. Make sure you guys stay tuned. Anything else that you want to say before you hop off? Or-
1: Are you going to BravoCon? (laughs)
0: I mean, I'm working on it. I'm going to Namaste Bitches Live on October
1: 5th. Yay! Yay! Oh my gosh, everybody go check out, it. they're on um, Eventbrite. Namaste Bitches Live, it's coming up in October, October 5th.
0: Yes, I'm excited. There's a lot of girls that like um, I talk. Oh, with online and I, that
1: are I, gonna be I'm there. just going to put it out there, you guys. Put two and two together. They're filming right now. The show is going on. That event is definitely going to be filmed. Get there. They're going to have like so many things going on. They're going to have other people there. It's going to be exciting and fun. Oh my gosh!
0: I was like, wait for me to buy my tickets until you tell them that it's being filmed. I'm like, I got to yeah. go buy them like right now,
1: like, before yeah, everyone know, hears. Yeah. Like, unlike unlike. Another, uh, unlike a liar on the cast who said that her VIP is sold out, you guys can go in and purchase tickets and see that Teresa's seating chart, where the tickets have sold out, is the VIP section. So.
0: Yes, absolutely. I mean, I'm excited. It's going to be so fun. Everyone, like tree huggers again. We all love each other. We don't even know each other. and We go to events and hang out like we're old mm-hmm. friends. So, mm-hmm.
1: I know a lot of people are going. I wish I was on the East Coast because I would love to go. But I'm all the way in California, so I'll be out there California. I'm sure they're going to announce it because Melissa Feaster lives in California. Um, So she's actually like 45 minutes south of from where I am. So <laughs> we're pretty I'm close so by. I'm so
0: jealous.
1: God, yeah. I love
0: California. Yeah it's so beautiful I'm waiting.
1: I'm waiting for the california namaste bitches live event and i'll be at that one but <laughs> oh my gosh if i was on the east coast you guys i would already have my ticket so I'm much and sure. it's going to be filmed it's going to be a blast
0: I know. I'm excited. Yes. I got to go get my ticket now as soon as we hang up. Um, Okay. Well, thank you again so much for hopping on. And um, if anyone has any questions, I'll reach out to you, but um, I'll put all your information in the bottom and I hope you have a great night. Thank you again for your time.
1: Yes. Thank you for having me, Lindsay. Bye.
0: Bye. Hi guys! Welcome back to Housewives 411. My name is Lindsay, and I am back just giving you guys a quick update because we did an interview that was posted um, last night Um, an interview with all R-H-O-N-J facts, and we spoke about John Fuda and his son's mother, Brittany, and there's been an update in that since we spoke last night. We had some inklings and some suspicions that she could have been incarcerated, but we didn't have any confirmation, and now we do. So I want to get into that just uh, really briefly with you guys and just sort of add it on to the hour-long that we already did because it was so informative. You guys got a lot of tea in that hour long, and I just kind of want to bring you guys up to speed. So basically, we found out that Brittany is incarcerated again, and I don't think that she technically pr- finished out her time at the transitional control home. Um, the same person that is, you know, originally confirmed that she was incarcerated. Said that it had to do with her breaking APA rules and regulations by speaking with the press. There's a couple of, there's a couple of things that doesn't seem right about this, right? So let me really quickly, of course, this is a disclosure to anyone. Um, Everything in this is alleged and for entertainment purposes only. Make sure you go follow all R-H-O-N-J facts. All the things that I'm talking about are receipts that you can find on her Instagram page. She was the one who was directly corresponding with Brittany. I want you guys to also remember that Brittany did do an interview with The Sun and that article actually hit Before the reunion hit, before she hit the transitional control, okay, transitional control, aka halfway house is given to an inmate between six, when they have about six to four months left on their prison sentence. Every day is treated just the same as if they were within an institution, except they're trying to give the inmate the chance to reintegrate and find employment. Once they obtain employment, 20% of their gross pay will be given to the halfway house, as well as the state will pay them for each and every inmate residing at the halfway house as well. It is a lockdown facility. It is not somewhere that you can just show up, okay? It's like showing up at a county jail in a way. If you have a legal visit, if you have your attorney showing up, you let them know. If not, they may will they could make an exception because it's your attorney, right? But if you have an attorney that represents somebody else showing up at a lockdown facility without a legal visit, that is a very big red flag. And that is what happened to Brittany once she was at the transitional control house and had allegedly started corresponding with all RHO and J facts. She got so scared that she actually stopped talking with all RHO and J facts because she was receiving threats allegedly from John, allegedly Threatening to have her put back in prison. The person, again, confirmed that... She was in prison to begin with, said that um, John had nothing to do with it, that it was because of the, her talking with the press. But it doesn't make any sense because she spoke with the press while she was still in prison. She wasn't under the rules and regulations of any sort of transitional control or APA. In fact, if she had broken any sort of rules by speaking with the press, the prison wouldn't have let her speak with the press. Don't you know they record phone calls? Don't you know they read letters? Don't you know you have to get permission to do those sort of things? If she did it behind their back, she would have seen the repercussions right away. They wouldn't even have let her went to the transitional control in the first place. Transitional control is considered a privilege. It is not an obligation. Do you all understand what I'm saying? If you are under transitional control, you are still a warden of the state. They can come get you at any time or day if you do something that they do not like. If the halfway house says you are not complying by their rules and their regulations, they can come get you in the middle of the night and cuff you out and take you back to prison, okay? Because guess what? They don't really care if you're in prison or halfway house. They're not your APA officer when you get out. Usually, you're going to have your a different parole officer because you're going to go back to whatever county you're from. And even if not, so you're going to have um different agents, tap, not task. Um regardless, Brittany is now incarcerated. And we are unsure of some um legalities and some details, so I'm not going to get into any of that with you guys, but I will let you know that she is definitely incarcerated in a state institution in New Jersey, possibly with more time tacked on because of the fact is is that that if they had suspended a 12-month uh, part of her sentence, they can reinstate that. They can reinstate up to 12 months of it. So she could have been looking at getting out next month and now she's doing another year over this, okay? I like to remind you guys that this would not even be any sort of an issue. We wouldn't even be talking about this if Brittany and John had not made this part of their storyline, if they had not brought Brittany up. If they had not kicked her while she was down, let me explain something to all of you. Prison is about the worst place that you could be ever, okay? It's literally the darkest days of your life are in prison, okay? Okay. That's why when Teresa came home, she never spoke to Kathy and Rosie again. And you want to know why? Because they never came to see her. They never took phone calls from her. They never sent her money. They never did anything with her kids. They didn't do anything the year that she was gone. And if you love someone and you have somebody that's incarcerated, all you got to do is go on Google and say, what can I do for my incarcerated family member? And I bet you it's going to cost you more time than it's going to cost you money. Okay. That's why she had no problem cutting Kathy and Rosie off. It wasn't because of all the other shit. It was also the fact that she basically sat in prison for a year and they did nothing for her or her children, knowing that they were over there without their mother, knowing that they were suffering, knowing that they were struggling, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. I wouldn't, I would never speak to him again either. In fact, the people that my family, that, did that to me while i was away and again it's not necessarily because they're mad they're just lazy they're inconsiderate or it's again, it's like well they must not really g- give any f's because i'm over i could be over here rotting away in in prison or jail and y'all don't care at all i guess to even send me an envelope or a card on my birthday like come on anyways guys um so The issue at hand is that there's a really big, big possibility that he had something to do with this because the fact of the matter is, is that how would they even know that she was talking with the press if the messages were old, if the article to the Sun was old? Doesn't make any sense. Um, Allegations that she went back on June 22nd. But, anyways, guys, again, we are waiting for confirmation. Of course, we will get that from her while she's um in there, and of course, we will. I will keep you guys posted. Um, this is something that I actually am going to do a little bit of. In detail on my Patreon because that's what my Patreons for I'm able to get my opinion a little bit more than I can on my average platform, and it also um, allows me the luxury of really letting you guys know the the name of the game and um, things that I can't say on other platforms. So uh, if you guys liked the interview make sure you let me know leave a review make sure you email me housewife 2022 at gmail.com um i really love all rho and jfax i was so happy she was able to come over and give me an hour and i'm hoping that maybe i can work something out with her like once a month you know what i mean like a, a little newsletter with her type of situation. Um, yeah. So anyways, guys, I hope you have a great day and we'll talk soon.